Welcome to the Renew Life Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Today, I, I want to I talk to you about the keys to the kingdom, keys to the kingdom of God. What do I mean by that? Well, I want to talk to you about how, how are we as believers, as Christians, to live, to move, to exist, to experience life here on this earth. You see, I believe that as a believer, we have an advantage, and this is this, is this advantage, we actually get to live in a different reality. We actually get to experience life differently. Why? Because Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. In other words, my life with Jesus doesn't look like a regular life. It looks like an abundant life. This is the kingdom of God, living in the kingdom of God, experiencing the kingdom of God here on this earth as it is in heaven. Do we actually live our life in the kingdom? Are we experiencing every single thing that Jesus, when he got up on that cross, bought and paid for? How many know when he got on that cross, it was finished? That the finished work of the cross covers everything. Did you know that it covers even your life and the experiences that you have in your life? He bought and he paid for it. And as a believer, myself, here's how I I feel about it. If Jesus bought and paid for it, I want to live in it because he gave up everything so that we could. You know, the truth is, I, I believe that many believers, they, they live their life not experiencing very much of the kingdom of God, and here's why. Because they actually don't understand the keys to the kingdom. They don't know about the keys, and if they know about the key, they probably don't know how to use the key. And here's what those keys can do. They can actually unlock the promises, the blessings of God in your life. So I want to talk about that, that today. Go ahead and turn your, in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, a, a scripture that we all know that we, that we quote. Matthew 6, 33 says this, but seek first, notice what it's saying to seek first, the kingdom of God. What are we to seek first? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Romans 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I love the word because it defines what the kingdom of God should look like in our life. It says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So today I want to title the message, There's a Key for That. There's a key for that. Let's pray. Jesus, we welcome you into this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We pray that that today as we open up your word and we talk about you, that you would just begin to lead every single believer in here. You would begin to lead and to guide us into all truth, all truth, every single truth, every wisdom we need, every bit of understanding that we need. I pray, God, that today there will be answers shown to your people. It's just a joy to be in your presence, God. We thank you for being here in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Raise your hand if you've ever lost your keys before. Anybody ever lost or misplaced your keys? All right, raise your hand if your spiritual gift is losing your keys. Anybody? All right, yeah, there's a ton of you, ton of you in here. We've all, 
we've all misplaced or, or lost our keys before, right? I don't know if, well, you, you do know this. If you've lost your keys, you've actually realized how important keys are. Without your car keys, you can go nowhere unless you're going to walk. And we all know we ain't walking, right? That ain't happening. You don't have your car keys, you can't go anywhere. If you don't have your house keys, you, you can't get into your house, you can't get into the office. In other words, without keys, you can't move forward. Without keys, you, you lose access to things. Without keys, you can't lock up anything and protect those things that are valuable to you. Keys are important. About two week, weekends ago, I was down in Dallas with, with some friends, and I was staying with a buddy of mine, and, he, and his wife took out his truck and was uh, went out to eat and, and did her thing. Well, we get a phone call about 10.30, and she's like, babe, the truck won't start. The key is dead. Now, how many of you have um, whatever you call this, but it's like a fake key? You know what I'm talking about? Like a key fob. Like everybody, most people have these key fobs. Well, the key fob had died, and she could not start the truck. She got in, you know, you can pop those things open, there's a little key in there, but the, the key doesn't fit into the button. I don't know if you've noticed that, but you can't. Anyway, so like she's trying to, to push the button, she can't get it to start, she calls. Well, I'm just going to give you all some advice. If you ever need help with anything, first, go to your Bible. Second, go to YouTube. It's a close second. So you go to YouTube. It's true, I'm just saying. Go to YouTube. And we went to YouTube like, hey, what do you do if the, the key fob is dead? Now, I'm going to help everybody out this morning. This is actually a really cool fact. Are you ready? Did you know that in your car, if you have a push start, there's actually a hidden compartment that you can put your little key fob in and your car will start? Yep, you're dismissed. Thanks for coming today. <laughs> you can even, we even tested this out. So we even took the battery out of the key fob. No battery at all. You can put it in the little hidden compartment. We'll start your truck right up crazy, right? Why? Because these, these car manufacturers, they've given you a way to, to, to never be stranded. No matter where you're at, no, if the battery dies here, you're never stranded. And can I just tell you today that God's done the same thing for us? That no matter what we face in life, no matter what situation we come up against, we are never stranded because we have keys to the kingdom that can give us access to anything that we need. There's a key to the kingdom that can start the spiritual vehicle that we need to get in and move us to that new destination, move us to that new place in him. He's so good. He's so good. He's so, such a loving father that everything that he says in his word is actually true for me and you. Did you know that he didn't put these promises in his word to torture us? Like, haha, don't you wish you could have that? Isn't that cool? Look at that. Jesus walked on water. You'll never do anything like that. No. He wasn't torturing us. or No, he gave us these promises and these keys because he knew that at some point in our life we would come up against something and we would need to unlock a, a spiritual thing into our life, a blessing, a promise from God so that we could move on, so that we could get an answer, so that we could get the strategy that we're looking for. I just, I feel really strongly right now there's people in here who have a business and you're looking for a strategy in your business. Can I tell you, your strategy is not in the business world. It's not in a businessman. It's in God. He has a key for you to unlock and actually experience his realm in this realm called earth. These are the keys to the kingdom 
you know, Jesus, he talks about, he talks about one of these keys in John chapter 15. And, and not only does he talk about the key, but he actually talks about what this key unlocks. And um, I want to really want to hit on this today. So if you have your Bible, John chapter 15, we'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Let's just go ahead and read it right there. He says, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then verse 11 says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let's read verse 11 again. He said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Now, here Jesus, he's talking to his disciples, and, and, and this is when he's actually on his way to the cross. It's, it's a very close time period where he's about to get on the cross and be crucified. He's actually about to leave them. He's been walking with them for years. And, and I don't know if you've ever read John 14, 15, and 16 um, back to back, but it's just, it's all read. In other words, this is all what Jesus was talking about. And and here in these chapters, I want you to think about this. He's been walking with these men for however long, and he's about to leave them for the first time. And it's like Jesus, you know what he's doing? He's downloading kingdom into them. He's, just think about if you just had a last couple things you could say to somebody before you left this earth, what would you say? This is what Jesus is doing. He's just spilling it all out. And he's getting them prepared for what will happen when he leaves. This is what he's talking to them about. He's saying, look, I'm the vine. You're the branches. You've got, you got to stay connected to me. You have to abide in me. Now, that word abide may not be a word that we use very much. It simply means to remain. It means to stay connected to. And so he goes on in this, this passage, and I love this. It's really, really good. He's like, hey, abide in me. If you'll abide in me, you'll produce fruit. You're going to bear fruit. The Father will prune you. And, and nobody likes pruning, but if you get pruned, you'll produce more fruit. And he's just using all these gardening, these, these gardening phrases and, and, and language. And, and he talks about how if you're not connected to him, you're not going to bear fruit. It's all really, really, really good. And there's been a lot of messages about that. But isn't it interesting how he ends this passage. I've never really seen this before until the last couple of weeks that I've been studying this out. It's like, he says all these things about abiding and producing fruit and how you'll be true disciples, all these really, really good, good topics. And then he finishes it with verse 11. Look what he says. He says, these things I have spoken to you 
that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I don't know if you ever have these moments when you're reading scripture, but you ever just stop and be like, yo, Jesus, hold up a second. Jesus, what do you mean? You're telling me all this stuff is about my joy? You're telling me that you said all these things about bearing fruit and all all that because you want my joy to be full. And can I just say I believe Jesus would answer the question, yeah, that's what I said. I, in fact, I even started off, these things I have spoken to you. In other words, I told you all these things so that my joy can be in you and so that your joy can overflow and be full. You know why God wants, Jesus wants to give you his joy? So that you'll be joyful. So that your joy will be full. I don't know if you're like me, but... It, as I, as I read that, I'm like, mm, Jesus, I believe it because you said it, but wow, I didn't ever really think that my, my joy was that important to you. I didn't really think that you cared about my joy. Number one, I didn't really know that my joy could be full, that you were the one who could fill it up. Jesus, are you saying that I can literally walk this earth and actually be happy and glad and joyful like all the time, like my joy could be full? Jesus is like, yeah, said, said it, said it. That's what I'm trying to say. I spoke these things to you so that your joy could be full. I want you to think about it like this. There's no, there's no lack of joy in Jesus. And if he were a waterfall full of joy, here's what happens. When we accept his joy, we get under the waterfall and he fills our joy up. Isn't this what he said in Romans 14? He said, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. And can I just say, that can be joyful. Amen, somebody. The kingdom of God, it's it's not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace, and here it is, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy. If you're not convinced, John chapter 16, a whole chapter later, look at what he says in verse 24. Until now, this is Jesus talking again to his disciples. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your, that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. Did you know that Jesus wants your prayers answered because he knows the joy that it can bring to you? In other words, he's not just waiting for, he's not just giving you the answer so you have the answer. He's wanting the answer to produce even more than just the answer. And that's actual, you walk around in joy. In joy. And I know that I, I'm sort of on a soapbox right now, and I'm, I, but I feel like I have to fight for joy. I feel like I have to, to bring my case for joy because I, a lot of us, especially as guys, we don't really think that joy can really be that valuable. How powerful is joy anyway? I mean, like, when I come to church, I need to hear stuff about, like, advancing the kingdom and, and, and beating up evil and learning how not to cuss and throw my golf clubs. Like, that's a real message. That's a real message. But joy? How powerful is joy? Well, can I say? It was the very thing that led Jesus to the cross and had him endure it. He said it was the joy set before him that helped him endure the cross.
It was the joy. The joy of the Lord is our, we all know the scripture. Did you know that when you're joyful, you're strong? See, joy is power. Joy is the very thing that can get you to that next thing. What, what do we do when, 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 we, when we want our kids to do something? We set a joy before them. You know what? Eat all your food and you'll get dessert. The joy that was set before them. Wives, if you'll just set a little joy before your husbands, they'll do some work for you in the house. <laughs> it's okay to be motivated by joy because Jesus was. And he bought and he paid for, the, for a life where we actually get to walk around in joy feeling joyful. You know, you know what that joy actually means? It means to be glad. It means to be happy. God, you care about my happiness? Yeah, I want you to be happy because I've, I figured out when you're happy and when you're glad and when you're joyful, you're actually full of strength. And it's so attractive to the unbeliever, they're going to want some of that. Nobody's attracted to a grumpy person. It's just the truth. That's how strong joy is. Not to mention, can we just put this out there? The fruit of the Spirit are love, joy. We just seem to just go past that one, right? Like love, self-control, kindness. So it's like, wait, what about there was joy back here? It's actually a fruit that you bear if you're living in the kingdom. You want to know how you have evidence of the kingdom of God in your life? You're walking around in joy. It is evidence. It's evidence that you're living in the kingdom of God. Joy. You know, I've, I've noticed as the Lord's been talking to me about this, there's a lot of times that I don't have joy. It usually happens every time I start my truck and I drive in Midland. Something happens to where joy is literally sucked out of my body. I think it's actually sucked out of the city. Just as I mean, it's just a phoom, like it's gone. Like as soon as you start driving, and we and, and there's times like, like where I, I'm just going through life. I'm like, where? I've just recently started to notice why I'm a pretty happy guy, pretty joyful. Where, where's my joy at, God? Where's my joy at? I'm supposed to be joyful. The kingdom of God is not eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Do I have the Holy Spirit? Yes. Is he in me? Yes. Then do I have access to all the joy I need? Absolutely. Where's my joy? And I've realized a lot of times when we don't have our joy, we left it back somewhere else. You know where we left it? We left it in a wrong thought and a lie where the enemy comes and he tries to steal your joy by, by having you worry about your kids, by having you worrying about your job, by having you worry if you're going to make ends meet this week. He'll, he'll give you all these things, and you know what happens? In fact, the enemy doesn't even have to do it. We do it to ourselves. We, we have all these worries and these cares that we are carrying. And, and, and before we notice it, subconsciously, we're thinking about all these things, and you know what's happening? We're putting more faith in the problem than more faith in our God. And when you put more faith in the problem, guess what stays in the problem? Our joy stays back there. We literally lose it, and it gets robbed from us. Can I just tell you that the enemy has no right to your joy? He has no right to your joy. The only right he has is the one that you give to him. 
So if you don't have any joy, what I encourage you to do, go back and figure out where you left it. If that's too complicated, guess what you can do? You can go right back to John chapter 15 and do exactly what Jesus told us to do. You know what he told us to do if we're lacking joy, if we don't have joy in our life? He gave us, you know, here's what he did. He gave us a key to the kingdom. You ready? He said, you want joy in your life? You want your joy to be full? Here's the answer. Here's the key. Abide. Abide. Remain. Stay connected. Can I just use my example from earlier? Here I am in my worry, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm in anxiety, and I'm carrying all this stuff, and, and, I, and I leave my, my joy there, and I'm walking without joy. Here's what happens when you go to abide. I go to abide in God. I get, I get connected to him. I start remaining in him, and all of a sudden, my problem starts to get really, really small. I realize how big my God is. I remember how faithful he's always been. And you know what happens? All of a sudden, joy. All of a sudden, I get joyful. Oh, yeah, the God of the universe is on my side. Oh, yeah, he does have a plan for me, and it's to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. Oh, yeah, that that big God that created everything is so in love with me that he wants nothing but good for me. And if I will believe myself up, if I will talk myself up, I'm not talking about just hyping yourself up, just some fake stuff. I'm talking about genuinely abiding in him. Our joy comes. You know what also happens as we abide? If we abide, this is how genius Jesus is. He knows that if we'll abide in him, that we'll produce fruit. And you know what every human likes? Fruit. In other words, if we abide, we produce fruit, which produces joy in our life. If you want to be successful, raise your hand. All right, if you didn't raise your hand, you're lying, and it's okay, you're forgiven. We're going to have altar ministry at the end. We all want to be, we all want to bear fruit. Do you know it's okay to be happy about the success in your life, knowing that the success would not have come if you would have never abided in him. Oh God, I I realize I'm connected, I'm remaining, I'm abiding. That's why this fruit is in my life. So can I be joyful about the fruit? Absolutely. Is it okay for things to bring you joy? I would say yes. Is my joy in the thing? No, my joy is in the God who brought me the thing. I've realized this, that in the moments of my life when I have no joy, there's something that always accompanies my lack of joy. And you know what it is? It's weakness. Where there's no joy, there is no strength. God wants you to live strong. God wants you to live happy. (laughs) He wants you to live joyful. Somebody say amen. He wants you to live full of joy, full of joy. Because he wants you to be strong. I wrote this corny line. Can I share a corny line with you? All right. If you're not abiding, you're probably not smiling. There you go. There it is right there.
let's just stop right here and let's just turn our affection to God. If you'd close your eyes. We hope you loved our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great rest of your day.